standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at Fedoff. For episode 80 today, as I promised in previous podcasts, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take a deep dive into the men's 2023-2024 basketball team. We now have enough people. I, I can't say that. I say this jokingly, but not really jokingly. We now have enough players to actually have a practice and scrimmage. We now have 10 players. That's great news. I say it jokingly aside, but really not. We only had four players for so long. We now have 10. And that could change slightly here and there with some graduate assistants or walk-ons in the next couple weeks or before the season starts. But I'm pretty set right now on this team to give an analysis. But before I get into the men's uh, uh, deep dive, I have some quick news on the lacrosse teams for both men and women and also some football news as well. So men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse. I really, to be honest with you, I really know nothing about lacrosse. The reason I'm mentioning this because both these teams, the men and the women, have a legitimate chance to win a national title this year, and they're in the quarterfinals uh, both this week. And if they win that game, they go to the final four for lacrosse. So for the women, they play this Thursday, May the 18th, at 2:30 Eastern Standard Time against Boston College. I repeat, the women's lacrosse team plays this Thursday, May the 18th. 2.30 Eastern Standard Time against Boston College. For the men, they play this Sunday, May the 21st, this Sunday at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time against Johns Hopkins, who I believe is a, a perennial power for men's lacrosse, and I think their women's team as well. I repeat, May the 21st, this Sunday, men's lacrosse, quarterfinals. They win this, they're going to the Final Four, 2.30 Again, Eastern Standard Time against Johns Hopkins. So good luck to both the men and women's lacrosse teams. If they win, they're headed to the Final Four, one step closer to a national title. And I believe I looked this up right before the podcast. Uh, the men and women have never won a national title in lacrosse. They've come cl- close a couple times. So it would be great for both of them to win a national title this year. Fingers crossed. Football news. Alexander Ernsberger. Some say Ernsberger. Some say Ernsberger. I'm going to say Ernsberger. He goes by Alex. He was a three-year player on the football team. He has two degrees already from Notre Dame. Very smart kid. Uh, very hardworking uh, uh, young man. He came over from Germany. So it was the first, one of the first, I don't know if it's the first international recruit for Notre Dame, but that was the big news when he did come over um, as an international student. He was... An okay player on the defensive line, pretty much a project player. He has decided to, after he has graduated with two degrees, he's going to go back to Germany to get his medical de- uh, degree and become a doctor. And good luck to Alex. He was not going to get above the depth chart. There's so much more talent ahead of him. As I said earlier, very hardworking um, kid, great kid, was great for the program. But it is time for both parties to kind of go their separate ways. There's so much talent on that defensive line right now. And he was just going to get buried in that depth chart and it's time for him to go to medical school. So congratulations, Alex. Uh, Great career at Notre Dame, especially academically. Those two degrees, and I'm sure you're going to make a hell of a doctor um, over in Germany. 
also football news a graduate assistant well he will he will be a graduate assistant as of this saturday uh, right now it's be made the 20th yeah may the 20th it's may the 16th right now antonio carter from rhode island you think rhode island that's not much of a football powerhouse it's not even not even a power football powerhouse however with all the things i've read the past week when it was known that he was coming to notre dame and just listening to other podcasts over the this past weekend this is a really good get for notre dame gives them quality depth at the safety position and this is a quality um talent at safety as well antonio carter uh, safety out of rhode island he had offers from ole miss wisconsin and lsu from our old coach brian kelly however he decided to come to notre dame he has two years of eligibility you, you think you know if he does have a great year this year uh, maybe he uh, gets his masters at notre dame and then goes to the NFL, or he continues to develop over the next two years, and his draft stock even rises even further, and then has both the Notre Dame degree and goes into the NFL. Obviously, his best chance would be to come to Notre Dame instead of staying at Rhode Island uh, to become an NFL prospect is what I'm trying to get at. But don't don't read between the lines like, oh, it's Rhode Island. Everything that I've researched uh, about him this is a quality addition, uh, especially depth-wise at the safety position, which Notre Dame needs right now. So Antonio Carter is coming to Notre Dame, and he'll probably uh, enroll this summer for classes, uh, for his master's classes. So now, for Notre Dame men's basketball, let me take a step back for the 2023-2024 season. Let me go. So you know, Nate Lashevsky, he used up all his eligibility Dane Goodwin, all his eligibility. And then Cormac Ryan could have came back. He left to go to North Carolina. And I don't blame him. You know, there's so much uncertainty. I have full faith in uh, Micah Shrewsbury. I thought that was a great hire. But this team was a disaster last year. And this is a total rebuild. I mean, total rebuild. You got to think, go back to, I used to follow Indiana basketball uh, back in the day and when Kelvin Sampson got them on probation after the 20, uh, 2008, 2007-2008 season. That program was gutted. And I'm hoping our season's not like their season, the following season, the 08-09 season. I, I, when I was doing my research, I got to get my glasses out because I had to take so many notes. I didn't think, when I said deep dive, this was more of a deep dive than I thought. That IU team... They finished one and seventeen in the Big Ten and six and twenty-five overall. It may not be pretty next year, but I don't think it's going to be as bad uh, for this upcoming season for our uh, men's basketball team. But we shall see. So, Dan Goodwin's gone. Nate Lashevsky's gone. Cormac Ryan went to North Carolina. Robbie Carmody, who's part of that recruiting class, I think he may still have two. I know he has at least at least one year left in eligibility. And I thought he may stay as well because he is so limited physically now. He's had so many injuries with the knee, the shoulder. I thought, if anything, just stay at Notre Dame, get another master's degree at Notre Dame, and just be around the the guys, be more of a leadership role. But, you know, he was close to Mike Bray, and he's he's probably thinking, too, I don't want to stay with a new coach. Nothing, I don't think he probably has anything against Coach Shrewsbury. But why stay? You know, see what uh, – see what Mercer has to offer. And that's where he's going. He's going to Mercer. But I don't think he's going to really play much there because he's limited so much physically. So then also, 
departing players was our recruiting class from last year. They're all gone. J.J. Starling, McDonald's All-American, he's going to Syracuse. Dom, K- Dom Campbell, power forward, he's headed to Howard. Ben Allen Lubin, another power forward, he has not said where he's going right now, but he's not coming back to Notre Dame. So every one of our recruits from last year is gone. J.J. Starling, Dom Campbell, Ben Allen Lubin, gone. So all that was left for the past six weeks to two months, putting aside the recruiting class coming in, uh, all we had left was senior forward, Matt Zona, 6'9", 242 pounds. He started to come around a little bit last year, but he hasn't played much at all in his uh, first uh, two years prior to this year. Senior, I've heard uh, senior guard Tony Sanders, uh, 6'7", 215 pounds. He's barely played as well. And then junior guard J.R. Kaznesny. I believe I'm pronouncing... I apologize, J.R., if I'm not. I've heard some other pronunciations. I'm putting... I've heard Kaznesny. That's what I'm going to say here. He redshirted this year, but he's barely played at all. Here's the the kicker right here. Of these three players, Matt Zona, Tony Sanders, and J.R. J.R., I forgot. He's 6'7", 202 pounds. Needs to bulk up a little bit, but a great shooter. They have combined in 25 games last year, and JR did not play. None have averaged more than seven minutes per game in a season. So these players are pretty much, they're not new to the program, but playing-wise, if they see significant action last year, that's going to be pretty new for them because they barely played the first three years under Coach Bray. So now let's get into the transfers coming. We've had two transfers. So... As I mentioned earlier, we've only had four players for a while. We now have 10. We can actually scrimmage during the game. So if I look at my notes here, here we go. So forward, I'm going to, I may say Kemba once in a while, but it's, it's, it's spelled K-A-B-B-A. And the last name is N-G-I-E. I've, I've confirmed that you pronounce it Jai, but Kemba Jai He's a he's from uh, Penn State, where Coach Shrewsbury uh, coached the past two years, and this was no shocker that he came to Notre Dame. But this is what I like about Keba: six foot ten, two hundred thirty-seven pounds. He's got to bulk up a little bit, but we need that size. I know Leighton Lashevsky was six foot ten, but he was more of a perimeter player. He did get some points in the paint, but he was a decent three-point shooter. But we've never had that power presence for a while now. His uh, Keba's stats aren't going to blow you away right now, but he didn't play that much. He only played 14.3 minutes per game last year. He averaged 3.4 points per game, three and a half rebounds, uh, 0.5 blocks. Um, he did shoot 52% uh, field goal wise, but field goal percentage wise, but he had a lot of uh, a lot of dunks, and he was more or less a role player for the Penn State team. And they were a tournament team. They won uh, one game in the NCAA tournament. However, I just like, I love the size. And this was expected that Keba was going to be coming to Notre Dame and follow Coach Shrewsbury. The size, I'll say it again, six foot 10, 237 pounds. Obviously has to bulk up a little. So now another transfer from Northwestern, Julian Roper II, who is six foot three, 180 pounds. So decent size for a shooting guard. He was played by injuries last year, and Northwestern, they were a tournament team as well. They won one game in the NCAA tournament to get to the second round. He averaged 4.4 points per game, 3.7 rebounds per game. 
And you're thinking, well, what I said about Keba, I know he was only a freshman. Julian still has two years left of eligibility. You look at his stats that I just mentioned, nothing spectacular. However, I've heard this guy has some various upside for his offense, um, offensive uh, talent-wise, that is. So don't let those stats mislead you. I've heard uh, Julian it can be a, a great uh, great offensive player. He just has to stay healthy. So uh, what else here? He's uh, two years of eligibility left. I've heard he's a great defender. I heard a very tough-nosed, hard-nosed kid, very uh, mentally tough. Uh, we haven't had that at Notre Dame in a while. I will say Cormac Ryan was a hard-nosed tough nose, whatever you want to call that term, uh, type of kid. I think Julian Ro- Roper can even take that up ahead a of, take that as, uh, even a step ahead of uh, Cormac Ryan. Sorry, I'm getting all these players, so many players that have left, so many players that have added, but I think he can become even a harder nose player than Cormac Ryan is what I'm trying to say. So he has two years left of eligibility as well. So incoming freshman, we actually, before Mike Bray resigned, we had actually three incoming freshmen. However, two of them, Parker Fredrickson and Brady Dunlap, they said, Coach Bray's not going to be there. We're not coming. So they were released of their uh, letter of intents. And I don't blame them. They, even though Notre Dame, to me, I, I wouldn't care who the coach was, I would have stayed. But a lot of those two players wanted to stay because uh, Coach Bray was why, the reason they came there. And he left. So the only incoming uh, recruit that stayed from those original three is Marcus Burton. And Marcus is the real deal. He's he's only a three-star, and he's ranked 158th overall. But this kid's a player. He averaged uh, – he's from Mishawaka, which is right outside of South Bend at Penn High School very talented or very um, well-known high school for their sports. And he averaged 30 points a game last year and his size isn't going to blow you away, but I don't care if you can average. I know kids aren't as big as in high school, but if you can average 30 points a game in high school. And if I look at his size, he's five foot 10, 170. probably needs to bulk up a little bit, but if you're that small, obviously he had to create his own shot in high school because obviously a lot of the other players are probably bigger than him too but i see him being a a day one starter great point guard and even i've said this before in other podcasts i think he's more seasoned what jj starlin what jj starling was last year who was a mcdonald's all-american however i think jj starling probably has a bigger a ceiling than marcus burton but right now marcus burton i see him as a day one starter and really have no choice i mean at this point because we have so many uh, new players and you're going to probably want to put the most talented players out there so marcus burton is the only original recruit that did sign with notre dame however we did get two more recruits and again you're probably seeing or hearing my uh, pages of notes uh going back and forth because the way this team is structured going forward so many additions so many subtractions you have to uh keep detailed notes and that's why i have to look at all my notes with my glasses here so logan imes three-star recruit the number 208 uh uh ranking overall for the 2023 class he's from zionsville indiana six foot four 190 and from what i've read and heard from other people if you want to think of uh 
equivalent type player, Cormac Ryan, who just left the program to uh, go to North Carolina. Very uh, high-end three-point shooter. Uh, he committed to Notre Dame on May the 3rd. Heat offers from Butler, Creighton, Drake, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. But I can't say enough, a very good three-point shooter. And I know we saw that so much with Mike Bray, and I want to get more with players that can create their own shot. But I still want to see a three-point shooter uh, that can knock down the shot when we need uh, when we need them to, especially if they're wide open. Uh, I don't know how well he is at creating his own shot, but I can't say enough. You got to have a, some good three-point shooters on the team. And I've heard this before, very equivalent to uh, Cormac Ryan, who's a solid player for us the past uh, three seasons at Notre Dame, especially during the 2022 uh, tournament run. He had a great tournament run during that 2022 season. Next recruit, Braden Shrewsbury. Yes, that is the coach's son. And He's the 225th overall uh, ranking uh, or the 225 ranked player uh, for the 2023 class. Three star kid out of state college, Pennsylvania, obviously, because that's where Penn State is, uh, where he lived with his mom and dad for the last couple of years. Uh, he had offers from Xavier, George Washington, St. Joe's, and he was one of six finalists for the Pennsylvania Mr. Basketball, which means the kid's got talent. He's uh, by, he's 6'3", 170, so he's got to get a little bit bigger as well. So he does have some game. I'm just always leery when a coach's son is on the team, how that uh, plays with the other players, especially with you know Coach Shrewsbury's, Shrewsbury's brand new, uh, his son's brand new to the program. How's that going to affect the current players that are, you know, the current four that are currently on the team? You know, the other... Uh, two that have transferred over i'm wishing him the best but i'm just always a little bit leery with coaches uh kids playing on the team however we need the bodies so i'm i'm all i'm a little bit leery but at the same time we we got to have them on the team we, we need bodies right there so so if we look at this and here's the thing that concerns me the most even though i know this is a total rebuild for this team as I list the 10 players right now, we have seven guards, three forwards, too many guards, way too many guards. We had too much with Coach Bray. However, with the three forwards, we have some decent size. Matt Zona, 6'9". We have, you know, Calvin Booth. Oh, I don't care. I'm sorry. I didn't get to the, I, I told you, the other incoming freshman uh, from the recruiting class. I'm sorry, Kerry Booth. Six foot 10, 205, has to get in that weight room. 205 is way too small for a six foot 10 guy. Has to get bigger. The number 56 ranked recruit for the 2023 class. He's a four star kid. This is a six foot uh, 10 guy that can shoot as well. Kerry uh, Booth, his, you think too, he uh, originally chose Penn State, but since Coach Shrewsbury is coming over, he said, Hey, I'm going to back out of my Penn State commitment. I'm going to Notre Dame. And then he, Prior to committing to Penn State, he'd offers from Ohio State, Stanford, Texas, and Vanderbilt. And you think that name, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast before, but if you didn't listen to that before, his dad is Calvin Booth, who played at Penn State in the, uh, I believe, the late 90s. I believe he's around my age, around 46, 47 years old. His dad's the general manager of the Denver Nuggets, and he's out of Colorado, obviously. But my apologies. So let's just do a, before I get into those stats before, so we have Two, two transfers in Kemba Jai, 
Julian Roper II, incoming freshman Carrie Booth, Logan Imes, Braden Shrewsbury, Marcus Burton. So we're having four true freshmen right there. Then returning players Matt Zona, who will be a senior, but still has another two years of eligibility because of the COVID rule. Tony Sanders, the same way. And then J.R. Kuznesny, he's uh, he will be a redshirt sophomore last year or next year. So of those 10 players, what I was trying to get at before, before I realized I didn't mention Kerry Booth, or yeah, Kerry Booth, Calvin's his dad. We have seven guards and three forwards. That's, and I know we can't really do much about that now, but over the next couple of years, we have to get that more of a mix. We can't have too many guards. We had that too much with Mike Bray. I want more of an inside presence. Whether they can shoot from outside, that's an added bonus from what I hear about Kerry Booth. He can go inside and outside. But we have to get that uh, more large inside presence going on. That's too many guards right there. So I mentioned earlier before, comparing like a total rebuild, like Indiana Hoosiers in 2008-2009, they were 6-25 and overall, 1-17 the Big Ten. I hope to God that's not what we have next year. But these are these players have not played with each other at all as a unit at all. I can't say it enough. I know we have four returning players if you include Alex Wade as a walk-on. But, you know, Matt Zona, J.R. Kuznesny, Tony Sanders, they haven't played with these new guys at all. And I know we're going to have summer practices and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously they're learning – um, who the new guys are, but this is starting from scratch. This is a total rebuild right now. And I've joked, you know, watch this be the greatest, one of the greatest years ever at Notre Dame because we usually always have this all this experience coming back with uh, Coach Bray teams. However, joking us, I don't see that happening. The more I started looking at this, where I had to get my glasses out and write all these notes, here's the thing. You play about... 12 non-conference games, you know, the games, you know, right after Thanksgiving during Christmas. So you got 12 games and you play 20 ACC games. So that's roughly 32 games to make the, excuse me, NIT. You got to go at least 500. So 16 and 16. If we did that next year, I would be ecstatic, thrilled to make the NIT and go 500. But the more I think about this, I mean, we have, of those seven guards and three forwards, four are true freshmen and one is a sophomore. So of those 10 players, five are uh, freshmen or sophomore, four true freshmen. That That's a lot of youth right now. And I, like I said, I'm going to be as confident as I can be, but at the same time, I'm a realist as well. And you got to think... When they start playing games, there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm. You know, Coach Shrewsbury, he's a very enthusiastic coach anyway. And the team's going to be very enthusiastic. How long will that go if this team starts losing, you know, two in a row, three in a row, four in a row? Because after the Marquette game last year, Notre Dame, their confidence level, and I know the kids never quit, but you just knew they were going to lose, especially against a, a quality opponent that was over 500 or slightly below 500. You knew they were just going to lose. And I just don't want that to be with this team. I want them, let's say even if they're on a five-game losing streak and they're going to be playing Duke at home, we're going to get their full effort still. And that enthusiasm still going to 
be there. It's just I know it's going to be there probably a little bit more toward the beginning of the season because everything's brand new. This is a brand new, fresh start. But as I mentioned with, you know, this team next year, it's a, this is like, you got a, a slab of clay and you got to mold this team into what uh, they need to be. We may not see that full potential. We probably won't see that full potential for another year or two is what I'm trying to say. So what I'm getting at, you play 32 games. If you go 16 and 16, you're probably making the NIT. But realistically, that's probably not the case. To go 10 and 10 in the ACC, that's saying something right now. That's saying something right there. But really, you think we're going to go 10 and 10 in the ACC? I think we went 3 and 17, which a bunch of uh, players last year, we had, our starting five, the average age was higher than most starting, not most, but some starting fives in the NBA because we had kids, you know, 23 years old um, uh, for the most part, except for JJ Starling. So let's just say with those 12 non-conference games, we go six and six. And the thing is, uh, uh, I can't really s- estimate that fully because the schedule has not been released yet for uh, the 2024 uh, 2023-2024 season. So let's just say you go six and six there. And then 10 and 10, that would get you to 16 and 16 right there. But let's just say, I'm thinking more realistic, six and six. Maybe that's going to be a little bit better. To win six non-conference games, that would put us at six and fourteen. As I'm looking at my notes here, so six plus six—that's twelve. I'm thinking at best right now, and I hope I'm wrong. So win six non-conference games, win six ACC games, and that'd be pretty because the ACC is going to be a little bit better next year. So you finish six and what would that be? Six and fourteen. Yeah, six and fourteen in the ACC. You, you, you're finishing twelve and twenty. Is that right? So yeah, so you lose six there, you lose four. Yeah, so if you go six and fourteen in the ACC, I know that doesn't sound great, but for a team that's pretty much that is brand new, twelve and twenty. That's not bad. I mean, that's what I'm thinking right now. And I know that sounds very negative. But I'm being a realist because the more I started going through this, where I needed my glasses, as I keep looking down at my notes here, this is, this is more of a rebuild than I thought. So I'm saying right now, until I see that schedule, and I'll do more of a, a, a deeper dive as we get closer to the season, we're looking at, at 12 and 20 next year, best case scenario. Now, me being ecstatic and... This would be like winning a national title if this team could go 16 and 16 or better and make the NIT or even make the tournament. But I, I can't say it enough. This is this is a rebuild, people. This is more than I thought. Uh, what else here? I'm just looking over all these notes that I've taken, and we can we can practice now. I can't I can't say I, I say that jokingly, but not really because for we only had four please. Players. I know we had some incoming freshmen, uh, Marcus. Well, really, it was just, I take a step back. Four returning players, one being a walk-on, and then Marcus Burton was going to come in regardless. He was not going to back out of his uh, of his letter of uh, 
content or whatever letter or natural letter of intent or yeah natural letter of intent to sign at Notre Dame he wasn't going to back out so really just five players there but here's the thing too and I wanted to this is what I was looking at to say for my one final piece here so we have 10 players right now you know you can but you got to think there could be some injuries here and there I have to think coach Shrewsbury at least wants two more people that gives you 12 that gives you some wiggle room so you're either going to have to get a walk on or a graduate transfer because I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but the last day for undergrads to transfer was May 11th. It's May 16th right now. So that's not going to happen. We can't get any undergraduates right now. So you're going to have to either get a walk on. I, I have to think walk ons are still, you know, eligible to be a part of the team uh, after the May 11th date. And then a graduate graduate transfer. I heard today, uh, Seth Towns, for those of you in Columbus, Ohio, probably know that name. He was out of Harvard. He was the Ivy League, that be yeah, Ivy League Player of the Year at Harvard a few years back. He transferred to Ohio State. That really didn't work out. He got hurt a lot. But he's going to be 26 years old. And I know Robbie Carmody suffered through a lot of injuries. So has Seth. Nothing gets him. But do you really want a guy? And I don't. I have no inside knowledge whether he would be interested in Notre Dame or whether Coach Shrewsbury is interested in him at all. He's six foot eight, decent size, power forward. You know, I want that inside presence. I don't know if that would be really worth to reach out uh, to give him a scholarship as a graduate uh, transfer because he's hurt all the time. He's 26. Yeah, it's, there's the experience there, but I just I just don't see that being a an option right now, but who knows? Uh, but you got to think either a grad transfer or walk on that gives you 12. I'd love to get two grad transfers. That'd be great, but I just don't hear anything right now. I will let you know if that happens but right now we have 10 and that's still to me a low number. Yes, we can practice with a five on five crew, but ideally for me, whether it's just a walk on two, add another walk on, add another grad transfer. Or worst case scenario, at two grad transfer, I want 12 to be my final number is what I'm trying to say. So I know I kind of rambled on a lot there, but I wanted to give you a really high-end analysis. Like I said, I had to get the glasses out to go over all these notes. But this is um, this is more of a rebuild than I thought, but I have full faith in Coach Shrewsbury, especially what he did at uh, Penn State. It's just, now if we had, you know, McDonald's All-Americans coming in, that may be a different story. But with all these you know, transfers too. I mean, we still have, even with Matt Zona, Tony Sander, Jericho Znezny, as I mentioned before, of those 10 players, four are true freshmen and one's a sophomore. We still have a lot of underclassmen right now. And that's where it's just, like I said, molding that, this whole process, you know, this clay, building this foundation, it's going to take maybe a little bit longer than I thought. And let's, let's say... Not lower than I thought. I told you next year, don't don't expect much. We're going to have to be very patient. But I'm thinking too, I just don't want to see this, this Indiana 2008-2009 team. I don't want, because that team didn't have a, a snowball's chance in hell to win any games after a while. That was 6-25 and 25 and 1-17. and 17. And after a while, for players, that just gets to be, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not, I don't want to say, it's not degrading, but just very... 
you just know you don't have a chance in hell to win a game. And I said, I can't just think I'm, there's a word I'm trying to think of right now, but it's just, you just know you're going to lose every game and your confidence uh, goes down, down the tubes. But again, I just don't want to go on and on here, but I want a team that let's say if they're, I said before 12 and 20, if they're 11 and 19, I want that team to be a tough out is what I'm trying. I want them to be a tough out against Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, you know, Miami right now. I want them to be a tough out for every team where they're not giving up uh, during the game. And I want that enthusiasm where I know we're going to have that enthusiasm early on, but I want to see that later on as well. So I'm going to shut up right now because as I said earlier, this was more of a, this was more than I thought. Um, I thought this was going to be a little bit rosier uh, picture as I went through this. And as this team became uh, set the last couple weeks, but uh, it is what it is right now. But I, I have total faith uh, in the coaching staff. And that's another thing too. This will be my last point. I will have a podcast at some point on the new coaching staff because Coach Shrewsbury brought his, um, I don't know if he brought some players from Penn or uh, coaches from Penn State, but I've, I've noticed some hires uh, recently, but I want to do some research on the coaches that he currently has for his assistants. So Thank you so much for joining me for this deep dive into the 2023-2024 men's basketball team. It's going to be a little bit more work than I thought, but but we'll get there. We'll get there. I have full faith in this uh, coaching staff and the players as well. Um, It's just going to take some time. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 80. And as always, go Irish.